you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks. DJ Bucky back with you uh, home from Indianapolis, Buck. I know it was uh, it was a crazy week, and we're going to get to all things Combine because we got a lot to break down. There. I'm excited to chat with you, but I, I think we might have to start somewhere else today. <laughs> yeah, we absolutely have to start somewhere else. Uh, Aaron Rodgers signing a blockbuster deal. Uh, looking at the terms of this deal, DJ, $200 million that he agreed to over four years, $153 million guaranteed. It makes him the highest paid player in NFL history. Um, look, the guaranteed number is whopping. His cap number goes down. And after two years of a lot of drama, I think in the end, the four-time MVP got exactly what he wanted, which was a significant pay raise to make sure there's some separation between him and the others. And he is recognized as the QB one in the league. Yeah, no, I'm, I thought this was kind of the way this would all end up. I think we talked about it before. It was hard to envision him going somewhere else. I think this, uh, this leads to a couple different things though, because I don't need for us to jump into all the numbers. I think people can read those and do all their homework on that. It's, it's a crap ton of money. Let's just put it that way. But to me, it's now what like, right? So this information comes down before free agency starts. Um, 
as we're recording this, I don't think they've tagged Devontae Adams yet, but this deal will free up the space that they need to accomplish that. He's not going anywhere. You're, you're pushing all in. So my thing is now, I mean, look, every team has pressure to win. Nobody has more pressure. to. They, they have to get a Lombardi trophy during these four years. If, if Aaron's going to play four more years, you mentioned it, four-time MVP, back-to-back MVPs, Tom Brady's exit stage left. You've got the Rams who are coming off of a Super Bowl. But when you look at it, the Packers have they have more talent on their team than, than even the Rams do. And they've got a better quarterback. They've got the best quarterback in the NFL. So you've paid him. You've actually lowered his salary cap uh, number. So you've got some room. To me, this has to be kind of an all-in push around him. And this has to pay off. The, the NFC is cleared. The deck is cleared. It's them and the Rams right now. That's it. They got to win a championship, Buck. They have to win a championship. They, Aaron Rodgers can't go through his entire career, collect you know all these MVPs, and, and retire with one championship like that. I don't want to say it's a failure, but that that that'd be a major disappointment. Put it that way. No, I mean it would be a major disappointment. But I think now this puts it look puts the spotlight on him, and I feel like he has really been given the opportunity to fail on major stages without like significant criticism. Now I think that takes it all away because I think it takes all the excuses away from everybody. You can't complain about lack of weapons. You can't complain about what you don't have. When you make this much and you occupy this much of the salary cap space, it's all on you. And so the expectation has to be on Aaron Rodgers to find a way to get this team not only to the Super Bowl, but to win a Super Bowl. And the challenge has been DJ ain't been able to get into the Super Bowl. So we're, we're expecting a lot going forward. And I know we talk about during the duration, I will be on the outline. I'll, I'll be the outlier and say, even though he won an MVP, to me, he's still not the same as he was. I feel like he's kind of coming back to the back in terms of his game. Yes, he takes care of the ball. Yes, he makes some plays. But he is going to have to play at an MVP level where he's clear and apparent that he is the best quarterback in the league for the Packers to get to the Super Bowl knowing that they're going to be hamstrung with this contract hanging over top. All right. Well, let's look at this, though, from kind of all being in front of them. We talk about the deck being cleared. You've got the Detroit Lions who have the second pick in the draft. Okay. A a talent uh, deficient team at this point in time. I think they would even admit it. They're very still very much so in the beginning stages of a rebuild. You've got a new coach in Chicago. You've got a new coach in Minnesota. I mean, they should roll right through this division. They're going to get to the playoffs. So here to me is the fascinating part. I thought they get in the playoffs last year and they find themselves in, in bad weather, right, against the 49ers, and it becomes a slugfest, which is having played in Green Bay, as you know, once you get into the postseason, the weather's going to be bad and you're going to have to win the line of scrimmage. You're going to have to be able to run the ball. So now you've put your resources in the quarterback position. But they they have got to find a way to get more physical and to be able to take the ball out of his hands to some degree when you get in these cold weather games because they're going to be at home. I mean, they're going to roll through this division, Buck. They're, they're going to rack up 12, 13 wins just because of who they play against. And so now you're going to be home in the playoffs, and now you have a pass, you know, a, a pass-centric offense scheme and team that's not in a pass-friendly environment. So that's going to be the challenge to me is – Yes, you paid the quarterback $50 million a year, 
you better build a physical team that can that can win almost without him once you get into the postseason at home. Look, I've, I've said this and having played up there for three years, having been fully immersed in the history of the Packers, um, I've always wondered style of play relative to the way that you need to play in that city, in that stadium during the times of the year when you're playing for the postseason. I just don't know if that style of play is best. When you think about the Vince Lombardi years and how they won all those Super Bowls back then, it was with the Packers sweep. It was running. It was great defense, uh, selective throwing. The Green Bay Packers in the last 30 years with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers respectively have been passive teams that leaned on the quarterback. And as we know, when it gets colder, it becomes increasingly harder to throw the ball, particularly when you're in Green Bay and weather can be a factor. And so as we're looking at this team and looking at how this team has lost in those games, you're right. It's been the the physical teams that have been able to take them down. Um, This year we saw with the San Francisco 49ers being able to do it. And by all accounts, the defense played pretty well. Outstanding. They're good enough to win. Absolutely. Special Special teams teams were terrible. Were terrible. And then the offense didn't do anything. And so they have to find a way to play great football in the postseason. And I don't know how it's going to happen when it's all on the quarterback. Yeah. No, it's interesting. So when I look at this draft, I look at where they're what are, what are they where are they picking here? They're they're in the late twenties, right? Where are they mid? I'm gonna pull this up here. The Green Bay Packers are picking twenty eight, so they're picking twenty eight, right? So let me give, let me give you kind of some some guys here. If you're looking at at them, we could obviously point to the offensive line um, to try and be a little bit more physical. I think they're in good shape. They've got AJ Dillon, they've got Aaron mm-hmm. Jones. They're good at the running back position. So again, you're trying to build a more physical team. You know, you know the guys who I kind of like for them. I know they don't. They've always taken receivers outside round one, mm-hmm. but because we had, we saw this defensive line, the explosion at the combine, which we're going to get to in a second, and yeah. because you have the Ohio State wideouts who are going to go ran really mm-hmm. fast. They're, they're easy, clean players. I think there's a chance that a Traylon Burks or a Drake London. You know, we always see these big some of these bigger guys slide. So like a Traylon Burks. You get into a cold weather game, guess what? I can pitch him the ball in the backfield. I can get him the ball on a jet sweep. I can throw him a bubble. Easy, easy completions, bad weather guy. And now you got to, you're going to force some little corner to go tackle that big dude. Um, Drake London, that big mm-hmm. catch radius, walling guys off, power forward stuff. You don't have to throw a perfect ball to him. You know He can just be, be more physical than everybody else. I almost think they need kind of one of those style of players to go alongside Devontae Adams. Yeah, because – Okay, so we always talk about building your team to your environment and your division. Yeah. So in the division, obviously, you're playing in Green Bay, Chicago, Minnesota, and Detroit. Now, Detroit and Minnesota are playing inside, so it doesn't matter. But ideally, you can play 10, maybe 12 games in your stadium. I don't think speed is as much of a factor or it shouldn't be as much of a consideration for the Packers based on the weather and the conditions. Because guess what? When it's really cold, no one is running really, really fast. And so when you talk about getting the big physical wide receiver, to me, that works. It also works based on the strength of Aaron Rodgers. The back shoulder fade, he is master. So now when you put a Burks or really a Drake London on the outside, with their body control and their ability to kind of use their physicality size and post-up ability to create space, that's a win. So now you have Devontae Adams on one side. You're going to have one of the guys, because I know you still have Alan Lazard on a restricted free agent deal. He probably comes back. Um, you add London to that MVS, you now have a bigger team. 
And I think what you do is because at some point his arm strength is going to begin to wane. You want to create the kind of wide receiver core that allows him to win these 50-50 balls where he can throw the back shoulder fade. He can do some things that aren't necessarily arm talent driven, but it allows him to continue to be very, very efficient attacking all areas of the field. Yeah, no, I, I think those are some some pieces that kind of make sense. You could also look at fortifying the tight end position. I think Tunyon's a free agent, so they got to figure that out. He's a good player. Um, but I think you can find some some intriguing options outside of round one. I don't think we see a, a tight end go in the first round, but I could see them doubling down, trying to continue to add to that group um, with a pretty interesting mix of, of mid-round guys. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual-wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562 562- 
314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Um, let's jump into the combine here. Uh, mm-hmm. Enough on Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Uh, big big picture takeaway, Buck. Again, we haven't had a chance to visit. Uh, we've both been running like crazy here, so I haven't even got your take on this. I'd love to know. Big picture take on this draft class after seeing it at the combine. Bigger, faster, stronger. Um, may not have the sizzle because of the quarterback, but if you're really a draft Nick, someone who really loves the team building process, there are a lot of fascinating pieces that you can add to a team that can help you get to that championship uh, level. Uh, I think the core positions that we always talk about that are essential to winning games, they're available. Look, pass rushers available, defensive tackles with tremendous athleticism and pass rush ability, got those guys. Um, Some of the off the ball linebackers ran and displayed more athleticism than maybe we had talked about because they just get so swallowed up by all the big guys that can do these fantastic things. And then in the secondary, I think the speed at corner really showed up. And I think the speed at corner matches the speed that we also saw at wide receiver. And then the offensive tackles and dudes. So to me, DJ, the core positions that are necessary to win um, at a high level, I think they're plethora of options for people. You just have to sort out how you want to play with the weapons that are available. But I love what I'm seeing from this draft class. It just doesn't have the sizzle at quarterback. Yeah, I I agree with you. To me, the defensive line stole the show. Um, And I, you know, I'd said at the time, I think I even said it on the air, that I can't remember a year with this type of depth, um, Mm -hmm. you know, at the position. And I stand by that. Now I talked to a a defensive line coach who, who made a great point. He was like, no, yeah, there is depth and there's some really quality players. But he said, um, you know, the 2011 draft, this this is not that in terms of the quality, right? Like, I love the depth. I think there's some really good players. But when you go back to 2011, you ready for these names? Vaughn Miller, Alden Smith, J.J. Watt, Robert Quinn, Kerrigan. Um, let's see. Who else do we have? Cam Jordan. I mean, this is uh, – you know, you had Muhammad Wilkerson, Cam Hayward. Like that's pretty good. That's pretty. That's that's high cotton up there when you talk about that man. That's big yeah, time dudes. Yeah, the big time dudes. And now the thing about it, some of those guys we didn't know that they were going to be Hall of Fame caliber. Like didn't know JJ Watt was going to be yeah. the guy that he became. Uh, I would say Cam Jordan was even a little bit of a surprise in terms of being a guy that's been the dominant player that he's emerged at. But, yeah, it was plenty of good players. I think it's a little different in this class because what I would say the difference is I felt like Von Miller was a notable name. I felt like we knew some of those guys at the top. I think this is a little more mysterious. But for the bang for your buck in terms of guys that can really emerge just based on the sheer height, weight, speed component that scouts love to look at, I mean, there are some freak shows throughout this draft that, DJ, the way they are able to move, I was I was having this conversation the other day, like, and I'll use Devontae, Devontae Wyatt's yeah. <laughs> workout just as an example. DJ, when they put him through the wave drill, where he is up, down, he runs 20 yards one way, stops on a dime, runs back the other way, stops, comes yeah. back, and I'm like, this dude is 300-plus pounds yeah. moving around like a linebacker with without any hesitation or sticking. And then he doesn't get tired. Yeah. Like I'm looking at this, like the evolution that we're seeing Jordan Davis, 341 pounds. Not only the, the 40 time is one thing, 
Mm-hmm. But DJ, he had a broad jump of 10 3. I know. His broad know. jump was comparable to some of the wide receivers who it was were the running. same. It was the same at Garrett Wilson. It had the same right. broad jump. So to think about someone moving 340 pounds in the air, 10 feet, three inches. And so I had this ding dong like come at me at Twitter, like, I mean, everyone says, like, the NFL network pay you to say that. Like, dude, just look. Like, yeah. it, 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 it's like Jurassic Park, right? It's the evolution of these dinosaurs that yeah. are just doing these things like well first of all and people can say whatever they want the surface was fast the times they don't trust the times a a broad jump is a broad jump a vertical jump is a vertical jump yeah it is what it is you know you can't you can't fake it there's no way (laughs) unbelievable like unbelievable um measurements from these guys and it it, look it goes on and on i'm and i'm and thinking one georgia i now understand why they won a national title when i saw them because they assembled a collection of defensive players that, man, look, it reminded me of the U back in the day when people talk about, hey, we got it's a three day visit. Yeah. Like they had so many defensive players, and it's one thing DJ to do it individually, like I'm doing the top five, and you kind of going through and yeah. oh this way, and then you you look at me like, oh wow, they're a bunch of Georgia guys. It's another thing to see it on display, player after player after player after player after player, and then you get to the guys who, hey, Chan Nintendo didn't. He didn't. He didn't play. Tray, Trayvon Walker played, but they didn't even really unleash no, him. No. Like my God, J- Jermaine Johnson leaves and transfers. They had all those dudes, all those dudes on one field. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I was, think, I was thinking about it. Um, so last year, or in 2020, let's go back to 2020, because I'm sitting there watching this and I'm going, well, "Wait a second. All these guys we see." You mentioned Jermaine Johnson. He was on that team in 2020. Aziz Ojolari, who had eight and a half sacks as a rookie last year, was on that team. So all these dudes, plus a guy who's already, you know, a, one of the better young rushers in the NFL in Ojolari, and a guy who's probably going to be a top 10 pick in Jermaine Johnson. How in the world did they not win the national championship in 2020? I mean, I like, I don't, I don't know. Like, it is, it is wow. Well, wow. it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. I mean, just, just, just unbelievable, like, what they were able to, by, to by the way, my, uh, my Twitter mentions, you know, from all those folks who were crushing me for having Trayvon Walker up there uh, going mm-hmm. to the Giants. Oh, yeah. I haven't that, heard that, anything, Buck. It kind of oh, went yeah, that, quiet. It got a little oh, quiet. That, yeah, that, that piped down real quick, huh? Let's go. We'll get to him in a second here. I want to do this. I want to go. I'm going to give you a position. And then let's just give me one player that popped for you. Like, you know, it could be an elite player. It could be somebody that was down the line, but just somebody that, that caught you, that caught you. Okay, you ready? And we'll go back and forth. I'll, I'll, I'll start us off. I'll give you a second to think because I sprung this on you. So let's go quarterbacks. Let's start with quarterbacks. To me, the difference between expectation and performance, right? Mm-hmm. To me, the winner was Desmond Ritter. I'm with you so, on that. I'm with you so on that. So we're on the like same I, page. Like yeah, he's somebody I've got to do more work. I got to do more work on him because God one man. of the things that I when I watched him, accuracy was the issue, and I thought a lot of it was fixable, right? Because he gets way too wide with his base, and the ball takes off on him. So you get, and it's just a workout. But I thought he had made improvement at the Senior Bowl, and then you get to the workout, he was on balance. I thought he threw the ball well. Obviously, he ran four four nine or whatever he ran. So you know, you know how athletic he is. 
He's a three-time captain. They said he was great in the interviews and talking to teams. And so it's kind of one of those deals where you just kind of you start adding it up, or even ended up four five two. So he's he's six oh three three, two hundred eleven pounds, and ran four five two. So I've got somebody that's one, somebody that's got ideal size and elite speed, somebody who's getting better, right, in terms of of accuracy, mm-hmm. somebody who's a three time captain and has a great work ethic. Like it's kind of you know, and I'm not he's not Justin Herbert, he's not Josh Allen, but remember no. when we talked about it with those guys, which was you start adding all this stuff up and you just go, they're going to figure it out. He, whatever he's deficient at, whatever he needs to improve at, you bet on him. And he's kind of the guy who came out of there and said, okay, Kenny Pickett was accurate and efficient, doesn't blow you away, but just he's, he's, mm-hmm. he's a solid player. We knew Malik Willis had a huge arm, but it's kind of a little bit inconsistent, right? Huge upside, going to be a little bit of a project. Mm-hmm. I thought those guys were kind of who they were. I, I thought Sam Howell threw the ball really well. I thought he'd improved mm-hmm. some mechanical stuff. So he, I thought there was a little, he was a little better than my expectation. So he's, he's there. But to me, Ritter was the here coming in. And then you kind of left there saying, okay, I got to do more on him. DJ, I'm with you. And I kicked myself because <clears throat> the quarterback position we always talk about is accuracy, decision making, but it's also about, um, we've talked about it, not over my dead body type attitude, yeah, yeah. the ability to kind of win. And so then you start listing off those things, right? Three-time captain, led Cincinnati, a group of five school to the college football playoff. They won a ton of games. He's a guy who has leadership ability. Oh, let's go and watch him work out and run around. Oh, interesting. he's fast. He's explosive. He's this and that. And so then the conversation coming in was about Malik Willis and all these things and all that. Now, Malik Willis has more pop, obviously, yeah. with the arm talent whatever. But DJ, I think you could get in a situation where if we're talking about right now, talking about starting the season, you know, who gives you the best opportunity to get it started? An experienced player like Desmond Ritter or Malik Willis. I think he has worked his way into a conversation that will be interesting for teams in the first round, because now I think he's in that conversation. And now it's you're beginning to look at, hey, what do I like and this and that? And I don't know. I'm not saying his game is like this, but it's very similar to sometimes when we talk about like the Dak Prescott's of the world. You may always want more, but then you look up, they stack up a lot of wins. Mm -hmm. They put up a lot of yards. They kind of have this. There's a maturity about them. Desmond Ritter, to me, certainly helped himself. And I think he is the one that you better keep an eye on in the first round to go sooner than most people would expect. So my comparison that I had going in there and then seeing him, we put the numbers up side by side, Marcus Mariota. It's like, like identical. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Identical. I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. that and, I mean, and, Mario, and Mariota, and and who knows, maybe you could get more here, but I think Mariota has kind of established himself as he's like a, I would say he's a 25 to 35 quarterback in the league. Like he's good enough to start for a handful of teams, but he's a phenomenal backup if if nothing else. Like I think that's kind of, Ritter, right spot, right fit, right situation. He's a starter. Worst case scenario, he's going to be in the league forever as a really good two. And I think the Marcus Mariota comparison is a good one because throw away Marcus being the number two overall. But in terms of looking at how Marcus has played as a pro, Marcus in Tennessee has some success winning games. He's jumped in with the Raiders at times and shown whatever. I I would make the case that he would have been a reasonable, solid starter for the Raiders under John Gruden based on how he played in those small segments. Yeah, I think Desmond Ritter is intriguing. I think he is better for a team that is already decent and pretty good. I think you drop him into a situation where, A, the thing that they're missing is the quarterback, 
And I just need the quarterback to be, hey, just drive the car. Drive make a the couple car plays. Run around. You can run around, make a couple plays. Yeah, I, th- um, I think he's in a good situation. Yes. All right, let's go overall offensive line. Just just one guy. Um, I'll, I'll give you a name, and then and then uh, I'll let you kind of follow me up here. But um, to me, again, this is kind of the same theme that I'm taking here, but it's Zion Johnson. Oh, yeah. Zion Johnson from Boston College, okay? He started 49 games. He was a transfer from Davidson. But you get somebody who's 6025312, which is kind of an ideal build for, for a center or guard. I think he's going to be a center. Um, he's played tackle. He's played guard. I, I project him as a center. But he's 312 pounds, which is nice. Um, has a really solid uh, week at the Senior Bowl. Again, highly, highly intelligent. And they tell you that about him. Mm-hmm. I mean, incredibly smart. So, And then he goes and has a solid workout. I ran 518, moved around well. So I start going, okay, I love interior guys that have started a zillion games because it's a it's a communication position. The more experience you have, the better. Um, you learn how to play with your neighbors inside there, which is which is big. Um, I've got somebody who was a solid week at the senior bowl, has a really uh, you know, steady eddy, solid combine, and then meets with teams and they rave about how intelligent he is. And I'm like, okay, smart, tough, um, experienced, checks all the boxes in terms of the height, weight athleticism don't overthink it i mean the guy he's just gonna he's gonna start for 10 years man like just easy yeah he's easy and i look i like i like them coming in i think it's one of those positions where um it's hard right it's hard to evaluate he's been a davidson transfer he comes in plays at a higher level it's solid plays at the senior bowl it's very very solid by all accounts you then see him work out he moves around he does all those things that you want to see and then you begin to factor in he's smart he's intelligent i mean he's smart he's experienced he understands how to kind of play in the game. And I think he's ideal and perfect in a zone-based system. I just think mm-hmm. the guy is just a very, very solid player. And I think because there are so many teams that utilize v- kind of variations of the zone-based running game, he's just a nice, just a really nice fit. Yeah, Cam Jurgens is another one who um, I think he's a lot closer to Tyler Linderbaum. I think I have him very similarly graded. Now, he's mm-hmm. longer. He's longer than Linderbaum. Obviously, he's healthier at this point in time. I think he's more explosive than Linderbaum. So you got a guy coming out of Nebraska who can really, really climb and get to the second level. He's outstanding. He can reach. You can pull him. You can do a lot of different things. He was 6027, 303 pounds, and ran a 492. Um, so you start looking at Linderbaum. Linderbaum 6021, 296. So he's a little bit heavier. Um, they're uh he's a little bit taller and you know, speed-wise, he was he was outstanding. I mean, there's plays on tape with him where you see him 40 and 50 yards down the field. Um, he gets, like, violent penalties. In other words, like, I don't even know if it's a penalty. I just think it was so violent that, the, that they throw the flag. Like, okay, yeah, yeah, I don't think you can do that. Like, I don't yeah. think that's legal. But he's somebody that I think is going to go on day two. Yeah, he's going to go on day two. He's going to um, he's going to help you. I mean, we, we talk about all of these guys and the way they run. Uh, it's really important. I think for him – being a center that is very athletic, he's different than Gary Bradbury. But the athleticism part of it is really interesting because, man, when you have a center that can do a bunch of different things in this athletic, it gives you so many options. Yeah. And seen, he's long. He's long. Yeah. We've seen Jason. has got 31-inch arms. This dude's got yeah. 33 and change. Right. So the arms are a huge factor because when we think about the guys that they put right over top of the center, if you don't have length, those guys will kind of make you turtle up, and they'll blow yeah. you back into the quarterback and they'll destroy the running game as well as the passing game. When now when you have arms and you long arms and you can 
lock out and extend and keep those guys at bay and stymie them, that's one thing. The other thing is the athleticism that you speak on enables you maybe to do some of the things that the Eagles have been able to do with Jason Kelsey. Now, instead of pulling the guard, hey, maybe we pull the center on this. Maybe the yeah. center gets out in front and leads and does some of this stuff. Um, really intriguing. I really, I really like um, you bringing him up because it's interesting. I'm going to say this because he's a known commodity, but I think the conversation in Jacksonville has to now begin to include Iggy Quantum. Yeah. yeah, I think it's two. I, think, I mean, I I think Neil. I think actually, I should say three. I think the two offensive linemen and Aiden Hutchinson. I think it's one of those three guys. Yeah, but 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 now, like it's funny, and I I get this from the defensive perspective, right? Talking to yeah. defensive line coaches, happened to see it. They were like, "Yeah, Neil is fine, but man, that Ikiquano is, oh, yeah. Woo. yeah." And so now you're sitting at the top of the draft, and Evan Neal, by all accounts, is great. But you know what? Here's what happens sometimes, and it's not his fault. Like when you don't necessarily work in front of the guys and mm-hmm. you don't get a chance to fall in love with all of the traits. And then you see Iki Kwanu and he is a, I mean, he is a monster and you see him mm-hmm. running around and then you have tape to verify his nastiness and the way that he throws defenders around and all of that. And you just get around him and he's so massive. Yeah. Right. But then the thing that goes along with it is we had a conversation with him and you can just hear the intelligence. You can hear mature. maturity. You can hear the aggression and how he got to this point of, because I asked him, man, why, like, what is this nasty? You throw people mm-hmm. all out. He's like, hey, that's how I was introduced to the game as a yeah. freshman in high school. And this is what I do. DJ, that conversation, that conversation at the top is not, look, man, we can talk about like, hey, man, look, we want to hit a double. But then yeah. sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you want to, hey, it's a 3-0 pitch and you tell your guy, hey, Go ahead and take, yeah. take the swing. Yeah. <laughs> if, it can, if, it's a, if it's down the pipe, take it. So I'm really torn because Iki Kwanu is, man, I, I was trying to say, hey, he's raw, whatever, but the athleticism. And if you feel great about your offensive yeah, line I coach. He's my, I mean, I have it. Aiden Hutchinson's <laughs> my first player. Iquanu is my second player. That's why I had it coming in there. And I left there thinking, I don't, you can't make a wrong decision, I don't think, between those two guys. Um, good, good, good decision for the Jags to make up there. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, look, Neil could go, you know, blow everybody away his pro day. They fall in love with him as well. He's bigger. They could, but the being. stage, the stage is so big at the combine yeah. because the difference is, and we we've said this, and this is why we've encouraged guys to do the combine is the only time where everybody is either in the building or tuning in. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause now I can't say in the building cause some guys stay, but everyone is watching every decision maker, everybody with say, when you wow on that stage, it changes the tenor of the meeting when we get to your name when yeah. it's time to talk about it. And so that impression that Iki Kwanu left on all of the decision makers, it's going to be hard to match that at a pro day workout. You know, like it's, it's just a different deal. But, yeah, that conversation is tightened up. And then Aiden Hutchinson is everything that people talked about. Yeah, we'll get to that position here. All right, let's go. Uh, let's roll through this one quickly. A tight end. I, I'm just going to ask you about one. Um, Dulcich was, I think he plays even faster than he ran. He ran four, six, nine. He plays even faster than that. He had a, he had a solid workout. I thought maybe he was two forty three. Um, I, I, again, he's, he's fine. He, he came out of that as my, uh, as my top tight end. We did not see some of the other guys run likely didn't run McBride didn't run, but one that did run, I thought helped himself more than anybody, um, is, uh, is big Jelani Woods. So you got a chance to yeah. see an East West game buck. So just tell me a little bit about your take on him. So here's the thing about Virginia. Here's the thing about Jelani Woods. Jelani Woods a transfer from Oklahoma State. He goes to Virginia, um, 
has production, goes to the East-West Shrine game. And, DJ, when you see him, he blocks the sun. I mean, he mm-hmm. is tall, massive. long arms, massive. And, 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 and you're looking at him, and you're like, man, like he's like a men amongst boys here. Like, But it's also that thing where you're at those games, you're so desperate to find a star that when you find one, you're like, man, am I overgrading him? Am I overvaluing who he is and what he's bringing to the table with that? Within DJ, one of the reasons why we always talk about the combine is the confirmation, right? It's the confirmation of the traits and the things that you've seen in person and on tape. So then you see him at his size, 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, whatever he is. 6'07", 253, ran a 4'6", 1". So he runs the 4'6", He bench presses 24 times. And now you're like, man, when he was mashing those dudes on the edge and he's running down the seam, yeah, he... He, he's he's different. Mm-hmm. DJ, he has to go up. Like, mm-hmm. this guy has seriously put himself in a conversation where we're talking day two solidly, but we're in that conversation in day two. Like, this is a huge target over mm-hmm. the middle of the field who also has the strength and explosiveness to be an effective blocker. Yeah. He, you know, the only thing w- with uh, with him was – you know, just the drops had the six drops. So that's something, you know, you just want to see him continue to improve there and feel comfortable with him there. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think you could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, he's gonna guard, and then on I'm top not of that, like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. I mean, he's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? Because he ain't need it. <laughs> 
Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, wideouts, Buck. Give me a wideout that uh, stood out to you. So I'm going to go to the guy that everyone has been talking about because Chris Olave was the interesting one, right? Like coming in, I don't know, like he wasn't in my top five, but I try to tell people like it's really hard to rank the wide receivers as in a top 10, top five basis because there's so many of them and there's so many different categories. But here's what I will say. Uh, I think the speed certainly caught people's attention, but I had the expectation that he was we going to run fast yeah. because it was a big play thing. I think the thing that more caught people's attention was Maybe some of the polish when it came to the route run ability, catching the ball over the middle and doing those things. I just think he woke people up and kind of reminded people, hey, I'm here. I'm still a good guy. But I think a lot of his draft status depends on where your team is at the position. I don't think he's a number one. I think he's a nice compliment to a guy that is already established as your number receiver in the passing game. Yeah, and I, I'll give you a couple teams here. I don't know if he's going to make it down there, but again, let me give you three teams. I think he makes a lot of sense for the Chargers at 17. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives him that pure speed guy, right? I think he makes sense there. I think he makes sense for the Raiders. Um, obviously, they need to replace speed. Yeah. And then yeah. you look at another team with the New England Patriots, and I know people say, oh, you know, they don't do wideouts, what have you. They need to get a guy like this for Mac Jones. They need more explosiveness um, to, to put around him. And I think Olave's intelligence and everything you talk to the coaches, he is at the right depth every single time. He's right where he needs to be. He's mm-hmm. quarterback, very quarterback friendly in that regard. Um, so I think those are three teams that make sense for him. I, I would say Garrett Wilson came in as my top guy, Buck. Uh, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. I said, hey, don't worry about it. If he runs in the low four fives, high four fours, mm-hmm. he plays plenty fast. And then I talked to the guys who'd been training him and said, nah, he's got a chance to get in the four threes. And so I made the comparison um, before the combine to Justin Jefferson, where I love everything about him. The only question was that pure top speed Justin Jefferson rolled. Um, Garrett Wilson comes out and does the exact same thing. He entered this process as my number one guy. And absolutely for me, he comes out out of it as my number one guy. He was 5'1", 1'6", so just under six feet tall, 183 pounds, which he probably cut a little bit to run and was 4'3", And he's got incredible play strength. He's a dynamic route runner. Um, he can make things happen after the catch with wiggle, toughness, physicality. To me, I think he's he's somebody that very much should be in play um, for those teams. I, I think he's got a chance to go in the top 10. You know, I could see a scenario where, um, you know, a team like the Jets picking 10th and however they decide to go with their first pick and they could do a lot worse than Garrett Wilson, putting him around Zach Wilson, little Wilson to Wilson. Uh, maybe, oh, man, they just need a Phillips. They could have like a Wilson Phillips uh, <laughs> 1980s group uh, going here. Uh, but, no, I he was outstanding. Uh, anything else on the wideouts before we move on? No, look, I, th- I, th- I thought – Sky yeah, Moore, by the way, I mean, we talked about I mean, 
I mean, now people are all on it, but I'll give you credit because you put them out early. Uh, a few weeks ago, you started talking about the Western Michigan kid kind of standing up and now more people are on him. I think the speed is super impressive. He helped himself. And I think there are a few other guys. I think the, the one thing, and we'll continue to talk about these guys over the next week or so in terms of helping themselves, but Scott Moore is in the mix. A lot of these speed guys will be in the mix because the one thing that we saw, man, fast, fast, fast. And in a league where speed is coveted at a premium, there are a lot of teams that can find their speed guys. Let me give you, I'm just going to give you a couple more names. Uh, George Pickens, who was, you know, big and fast, ran 447 on 6032195. Christian Watson is going to, he's clearly in the second round now, over 6'4, 208 pounds, ran 436. He just, you know, checks the boxes, had a great week at the Senior Bowl and has really uh, helped himself there. Um, and then uh, let me give you one other name. This kind of comp uh, came to me when I was watching him. Cincinnati's Alec Pierce. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a little bit faster, I believe. If you go back and look at, it, I think he's a little bit faster than Michael Pittman, but he's mm-hmm. got kind of that Michael Pittman body and uh, and just kind of that play strength that he has. That strong, just a strong runner. Um, he can go up and get the ball above the rim. There's not as much buzz on him as there would have been on uh, on Pittman coming out of USC at that time. But I think you might be able to get a similar type player in a, in a really deep wide receiver draft. Mm-hmm. He's probably going to go in the third round, would be my guess, somewhere around there. But he's, it's a, it's loaded. It is a zillion wideouts, man. Uh, let, let's keep the train moving here and get to the running back position. Brees Hall ran uh, ran in the high four threes, which is something we teased, uh, that he was going to run much faster than people thought. Um, so he runs a 4-3-9. James Cook ran a 4-4-2. Kenneth Walker, I thought, had a solid all the way, all, all around day. Mm-hmm. He ran 4-3-8, Buck. Uh, 5092-211-438. And he's to me, he's the one. He was not in my top 50. I had two running backs up there and Brees Hall and Isaiah Spiller. He's in the mix now. He's gonna be in the mix to be the first running back to go. Yeah, no, I, um he ran much faster, DJ. I'm I'm be honest, maybe and maybe it's the uniform. I think it's the Big Ten, bro. I think it's just because those big they're on grass fields, right? Mm-hmm. It's usually a little bit thicker grass. And I feel like we get surprised by some of these Big Ten guys with how they run. It just it doesn't look as fast to your eyes. I don't know. I can't make any sense of it. But maybe it's well, the weather, it, the grass it, field. I don't know. It's all of it. I think it's all the backdrop and all the other stuff. And I think in yesteryear, like, you used to have the reputation that the Big Ten wasn't fast. You know, like, you remember when we were in the scouting business, like, they didn't have a reputation for having very fast teams. And I think as we're seeing, as these teams get closer to being playoff teams and some of the teams have been in the playoffs we're seeing an upgraded product and the speed that we saw from Ken Walker uh kind of coincided with the rise to prominence of Michigan State and so better players tend to lead to better teams and better teams tend to produce more pros but Kenneth Walker's performance was really impressive and you know the thing that really held Kenneth Walker back from that conversation when we talked about um in some people's mind because I had him coming in as the top, my top rated guy, he, then Brees Hall, then Spiller. But the conversation and the critics were those other two guys were prominent factors in the passing Passing game. game. He wasn't at Michigan State. But now with that speed and being able to catch it, now you're beginning to kind of squint and close your eyes. and like, Well, maybe he does have those kind of traits that you can incorporate and do it. And he might be helped by the fact that a guy like Leonard Fournette, who was, we talked about in the passing game. either you Jonathan weapon, Taylor? How about Jonathan check down. Yeah, Jonathan. But now if they can just catch the check down and do some things with that kind of speed and space, 
it changes. So, yeah, look, I believe the running back conversation became a lot more interesting. I do believe we've kind of hit that shift where I still don't know if anybody will be taken in the first round. And if they are, it's the very back half. But I think the second round, those running backs will come off the board like popcorn kernels popping. It'll be pop, 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 pop. They'll all go relatively early. Again, I'm he's one of that I've highlighted. He could very easily vault himself to be my number one running back because you just start adding you start adding things together. And then not only do you get a chance to see these guys in person, because I think some people will look on the outside and go, How could you why don't you just stick with the tape? How do you wildly move these guys? I'm like, I've never seen any of these guys in person. There's a different one difference when you get to see a guy in person and see how they look and how they move. And in his case, get a chance to see him catch the football, which he didn't get a chance to do. Oh, by the way, finally get a chance to catch up with our buddy Mel Tucker and give me he sent sent me practice footage that we some of which we aired on on the network. But and I start it's just like it gave me Javante Williams. Remember last year and and we had talked about our you have obviously all those connections at North Carolina, but I know a lot of those coaches Mm -hmm. as well. And they just raved about this dude. You know, one of the coaches had been at Georgia with Nick Chubb and was like the same guy. And so I'm like, okay, well, my eyes tell me this kid's really good. And now I get the coaches to corroborate that. I'm like, what the heck am I doing? Move this kid up. That's kind of how I felt about Kenneth Walker coming out of there. Well, and 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 once once again, as we talked about, your analogy about, hey man, all we're trying to do at this stage of the year is get him into the neighborhood. As we yeah. get closer to the draft, you're trying to get him in the right house. And what I want everyone to understand. The draft process or the evaluation process is not about being right today. What's today? March 8th. Yeah. It's about being right draft week. When we yeah, we're not trying to get it right board. now. We're trying to get it right. Right. Like that's the and whole so, process. And so, and, so, and so part of what we want to do is we want to go through it with a fine-tooth comb. We want to begin to hear more about the players. DJ, like, let's be honest. The first time I got a chance to see some of these guys up close and personal, stand right beside them and look them eye to eye because a lot of the numbers it's one thing to look at the media guide and get the numbers there it's another thing to hear the measurements but then to stand beside them and look at them and do the the body type deal where okay here's what he is uh like icky kwanu is a little knock knee but that's fine because he's super athletic like i mean it's one of those things but but you see that to be able to to be able to cast your eyes on those guys and to get a good sense and to me i believe the most important part is when you have the conversation and you talk to them, yeah. that sometimes can either alleviate some of your concerns or it can raise some concerns based on how the conversation goes, particularly when you get to certain subjects, whether it's football or background or any of those things. Alleviated or introduce it, one of the two, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's go D-line here. We've already talked about Jordan Davis and we've talked about Devontae Wyatt. I'll give you uh, a, another name. Travis Jones, UConn. Again, I think if you're listening to us here, you're yeah. going to see the trend. Okay, here's the trend. Good player mm-hmm. on tape. Go to the Senior Bowl. Dominant Senior Bowl. Okay, man, now we're feeling good about things. Show up at the Combine, 6043, 6 3 3 pounds. You run 4.92 and have an outstanding field workout. Travis Jones, my 39th player coming into the Combine. Fuck, I have a hard time seeing this kid fall out of the first round when I when I look at that workout. That was freaky. If not for the two Georgia guys, he'd have been the buzz of the whole deal. 325 pounds, ran 492, and was fluid and easy going through the bags. I mean, he was he was impressive. Again, good on tape, ace the senior bowl, ace the combine. Those are the guys you feel comfortable about, man. Okay. Now I know we shouldn't do this right, but yeah. we'll do it because it's fun. 
you know it is good. Like, and I'm sure we all do this because as scouts, this is what you do even in the room. There are times like I think for you, the vulnerability comes not from the mock drafts, but doing your first top 50. Yeah, yeah. Right. The vulnerable moment for me, like their first top five list is you're kind of putting yourself out there before you have the combine and all those other things. And so what you feel good about is that when you go through it, you don't have any of those moments where you're like, yeah, because you're not you just don't want to have those those egregious misses. Yeah. But Travis Jones was a guy that you kind of weigh back and forth like, man, where do I put him? Is he in the mix? Is he not in the mix? He's a he's a nose tackle who's more of a run stuffer. You watch him in the senior bowl. He plays well. But in your mind, you're still like, well, how much do I value? I got a certain yeah. run stuff. But then you see him move and you're like, well, maybe he has maybe he offers more. And just that maybe just because just because you don't doesn't yeah, mean you can't. can't yes that's the whole thing you don't and so wasn't when, asked to do some of these right. things and so then you see it you're like hmm okay and then you see it play out at the combine um to me and i know people you know because they, they talk about the combine and like it's unnecessary you don't you don't need it this and that i would counter that and say that nah you you need it because of the confirmation opportunity to really confirm what you think you saw on tape to see an athlete move around and do all those stuff in shorts to me it matters. Yeah. Uh, two more D linemen just to, to point out here. Uh, Logan Hall kind of went under the radar, had a phenomenal oh, day. Yeah. Six, six Oh six, one, 283 pounds ran four, eight, eight. So again, he's a little bit of a tweener inside outside, but I think he's somebody that's going to be a big base in and then can, can kick inside, give you some rush inside from a three. So he's oh, a versatile, see. versatile piece, a, a team like, Again, I use this team previously, but like the Raiders, who can the, mm-hmm. those teams that play with a true kind of five technique, the the uh, the obviously the Patriots. That's why I'm connecting the Patriots and the and the and the Raiders. I would say the, uh, the 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 Texans would be another team. This guy's perfect. He's a five technique all day long. Throw him out there, let him just stack. So it's funny. I had a conversation with. Uh, I had a chance to sit at a table with a bunch of D line coaches. And we were able to throw out some names and listening to them talk. There were a couple of names uh, that they tossed around to say, hey, man, these guys aren't getting enough credit for what they are. Uh, Logan Hall was one of the names that they mentioned. They said, mm-hmm. but God plays hard. He does a lot of good things. He's athletic. Uh, some of them felt like, look, he's a better player and prospect than Peyton Turner from last yeah. year. So they talked about him. Another guy that they talked about, surprisingly a little bit to me, was George Kaloftis. I had a couple of guys talk about like him being – a guy that could play at a high level in this league, despite, I don't know, like maybe lacking some of the sizzle on tape. They just talked about his temperament and his polish as a technician. They just think that he has a chance. So Logan Hall, George Karloff is the two guys to keep an eye on. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. Didn't get a chance to see him run a 40, which, by the way, we should touch on this topic here as we get to the edge rushers um, because I got hit up a bunch on social media after Thibodeau did not do the field workout, and I talked about mm-hmm. that on the air a little bit, and we'll get mm-hmm. into the reasons why in a second. I got asked, how come you didn't hammer Karloftis for not running? And so I wanted – now that we have some space to mm-hmm. kind of clear the air on that, I wanted to kind of explain that. So for years and years, and we'll have it into the future, players come to the combine and say, I'm either going to run and not work out, or I'm going to work out and not run. And they tell the teams and they tell everybody the plan ahead of time, and this is what I'm going to do. Sometimes it can be, um, hey, I'm a little bit tight in the hamstring. I don't really want to push it on a 40, but but I'm going to do the workout. And they go, okay. There's other times that 
uh, team guys will come out there and say, hey, I've been training for my 40. I'm going to run my 40, and then I'm going to save my position drills for my pro day. Uh, because I just they'll give me more time to, to get ready for that. And then also it'll bring scouts to look at my teammates um, to come out and watch my workout. It'll get a chance to give more exposure to my teammates who might not have been invited to the combine. Whatever your reasons are, we've heard them all. Nobody cares, right? None of the teams really care what you do, what you don't do. But the thing that was different about Thibodeau is not only did he come on with me on uh, on national TV during the Super Bowl week, it, he did the same thing with the teams and said he was going to do everything. And then he goes out there, runs, and calls it a day. So that's okay. Well, that's kind of odd. You know, that's not a huge deal, but just kind of odd that he would do that. And then when we ask him the reasoning, he said, well, I want to work out. I want to be able to do linebacker drills. And like, well, yeah, so do all the other edge rushers. They're all going to do the linebacker drills. You do the D-line workout, then you do the linebacker drills. Guess what? When you go to your pro day, they're going to put you through D-line drills, and they're going to put you through linebacker drills. That's the same exact thing you're going to do your pro day they were doing here. So you add that up with, I'm not, he's, and again, I'm, he's not a, I'm not saying he's mm-hmm. a dog on tape and he doesn't play hard at all. No, I'm saying there's some loaf plays in every, you know, almost every single yeah. game that you watch. So you got that and then you, you get this. It just, it's not going to, it's not going to crush him. I just didn't think it was a smart move. You know, I didn't think it was the right thing for what the word was around him. And oh, by the way, you just gave center stage to Trayvon Walker and and to Jermaine Johnson to go out there and put on a show. Uh, and so that was my that was my take on it, and that's the difference between you know some of these other guys that didn't do one or the other. Okay, so that makes I didn't because um, when we were doing our part uh, down on the field, I wasn't privy to hear your comments and the broadcast, so I was kind of operating in a in a vacuum, uh, so I didn't hear it. I thought it was interesting. Because uh, he came to the set and we chatted, we chatted yeah. on air and then we chatted uh, off air for a long time. I, I think I spent like maybe 10, 15 minutes just kind of chatting with him. Uh, we talked about the things he talked about his comments and comparing himself to Jadavian Clowney. He tried to clear that up. Like, I'm not saying player. He was using Jadavian Clowney as the benchmark when it came to the numbers and the measurements and those things. But in kind of evoking that name, he opened himself up. To yeah. being compared and likened to the Davian Clowney. And I think who, who, by the way, who, by the way, is a good player, but never lived up to what he was right. supposed to be. And so, and so in doing that, uh, it's one of the things that I tend to tell guys when they ask me about, hey, how do I handle some of these things in meetings? I'll say, hey, when you give a comparison, give a comparison to a player that is crushing it, that has a game similar to yours. Try not <laughs> to stay, try to stay away from the controversial ones. Yeah. And so he talked, he talked about those things. He talked about that part. I, didn't necessarily understand the rationale behind not working out. Um, you know, like you did the 40 and stuff like that. And in my estimation, like I told everybody, and the great thing about working out here, you can pick and choose if you want to continue to work out or you can just shut it down. Yeah. I'm saving those things. But now what he did is he just kind of furthered the narrative that's been created about him. And I don't know how he shakes it. And so you know how this is. When you have cars that are tied together, the tie typically goes to the guy that you don't perceive to have many issues with. Yeah. And so that. And then when you have other guys who could enter the conversation, David Ajabo, Trayvon Walker, Jermaine Johnson, you just open yourself up. You create more vulnerabilities for another team to go in another direction. And so 
So I, I said this. I said this today. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the spot. Bucky loves it when I get a chance to put him on the hot seat, so then he can get all the grief. Even though I'll give you my take on the same topic after after you give me your answer. We are here. I'm not gonna hold you to it. But March 8th, as we record this right now, March 8th, and you had to say right now, who goes first at the end of April in Las Vegas? Kayvon Thibodeau or Trayvon Walker? Who gets picked first? Uh, Trayvon Walker, because you weren't privy to what we were doing in the pre-show. I connected Kayvon Thibodeau to the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm -hmm. The Philadelphia Eagles are in the teens. Mm -hmm. I had Trayvon Walker, David Ajabo, Jermaine Johnson, all potentially going ahead of him. Just in terms of fit, comfort, culture, just the buzzy stuff that no. in doubt when you have what I would say is a very solid edge rusher class. Typically, we've been in those rooms where if there's any hesitation, people tend to opt for the safe route. And not saying that Tippett, though, isn't safe. But the narrative will create some conversation that might make the decision maker more comfortable going in a different direction than saying, hey, I'm going to go there. And that's me fully acknowledging that in two or three years, we might say, Whoop, we were ding dongs. Yeah. Thibodeau yeah. was the best one. But you know how this thing is. So, no, I wouldn't be surprised to see Walker go ahead of him. I wouldn't be surprised to see maybe some of the other guys go ahead of him. Yeah, no, I, I, that's where I am, too. I think Walker does go ahead of him. I think Walker's got a chance to be the second pick in the draft. I think he's got a chance. I, it wouldn't shock me if either one of those guys were the second pick. I think Thibodeau's still being played there with the Lions, so, so I wouldn't be shocked if Walker was the so, second pick. So at that same table with all the D-line coaches, I can't tell you how many people were raving about Walker, mm -hmm. just raving about the explosiveness. And it's funny, DJ, like it's one of those things that on tape, things that you may notice, but you, it may not register, right? I had guys talk about like, hey, man, I was watching him in this game and he put his foot in his ground and he redirected and he chased the guy down on the sideline. Mm -hmm. Like little things that you're like, okay, they're like, fuck, you don't see guys move like that. No. His explosiveness and his ability to track him down from the backside, like, oh, I know he has more in there. And remember, because we've talked about this the last couple of years in terms of using your imagination when it comes to the quarterback, guys are beginning to use their imagination even more with other athletes mm -hmm. coming off uh, the kid from Baltimore, Jason Ofawe. Oh, yeah, yeah. O Odafe Owe. Odafe, yeah. Odafe Owe. Um, his explosiveness, his playmaking ability showing up when we talked about, hey, he didn't have any production. Well, now that you see some guys like that go and have a little level of success, now you begin to put, begin to put it on the yeah. back. It changes, it changes the narrative. It changes your opinion on how you would view prospects and how they could develop at the next level. No, it's a, it's a hundred percent true. Uh, it's going to be fascinating to see all these edge guys come off the board. Um, all right, let's keep moving here. We got a few more positions uh, linebacker wise. These dudes were rolling. I feel like the linebackers off the ball linebackers, particularly always a little bit underrated coming through this <clears> process. Uh, Devin Lloyd thought he would, you know, thought he would run faster than four, six, six, but I also have, you know, mm -hmm. Darius Leonard comparison where they ran about the same exact thing. Darius Leonard, um, you know, obviously plays extremely fast. Quay Walker mm -hmm. ran 4.52, 241 pounds. Christian Harris ran 4.44 uh, at 226. Those guys are both in the 40s on my list. But to me, again, I, I'm going to keep the theme going. Good tape, 
Great mm-hmm. senior bowl performance, crushed the combine. Troy Anderson from Montana State, 6'3 and a half, 243 pounds, ran 4'4'2. Four, four, He's going in the second round. Oh, yeah. That's an easy one to see. When you saw the speed and the explosiveness to go with the length, uh, you talked about performing well at the senior bowl. DJ, I mean, it's a good player. Tape is solid, but then you talk about continuing to check up the box. It's one of the reasons why we talk about you know, the path to the draft. And as you hit certain milestones, mile markers, man, you can just see where he's going to end up. You talked about the tape. Then you talked about the senior bowl. You talked about the combine performance, the interviews. And now, lo and behold, we're saying, yeah, circle, circle day two, second round. He's coming off because even if he flops completely as a player, that size speed combination should make you an animal in the special team in the kicking game. No doubt. Give me one more name here. Damone Clark from LSU, 6024, mm-hmm. 239, 457. These are the body types you're looking for for off the ball linebackers. Tall, long, rangy, explosive. Um, that's, again, I think trying to find those Darius Leonard slash um, mm-hmm. uh, Fred Warner body Fred types. Warner type. That's what you're looking for. So those okay. guys okay. fit the bill. So then, so then you talk about that in the positive. I had a chance to sit beside Nicobe Dean and interview him. Yeah. He's a, he's a lot smaller than I thought. I know. He's, yeah, he is. I Let mean, me give you the measurements. He's, he's 5'1, 229. Didn't and, work and, out, didn't run. And DJ, that 220 thing, I mean, he looked so much lighter than yeah. that when he's sitting beside me. And I, I'm, I'm looking at him in comparison to those other guys. And it's just harder for me, right? It's just harder because I'm like, man, like, Cause he's not he's not stumpy. Like it's one thing no. to be short, it's another thing to be short and smaller. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, man, because I'm looking at these other guys that are long and ranging. I have the Darius Lenders of the world in my head. I have the Fred Warners of the world in my head. And unfortunately, I'm trying to find the comparison, the right comp for him. Was Jonathan Vilma? We, I mean, they're almost identical side by side in terms but of I size. I feel like, but I feel like Jonathan Vilma was like thicker. Or whatever, yeah. like and they're about the same bigger. weight, I think. Yeah, but so so that's that's the thing, but it's hard. And I understand I had a conversation with a, a director yesterday, like, hey man, but you know, you think about that defense and everybody down there swears by him being the traffic cop, the leader, getting everybody lined up and all of that. And I was like, Yes. But then when we were moving from that lineup, and because he was like, Hey, you have to build it around, I said, Man, but am I really trying to build it around him? You know, like like in terms of we talked about prototypes. Am I really trying to build it around the guy who might be deemed the undersized linebacker as opposed to, A, it's a situation where, look, I got all these people around him and he's able to play. To mm-hmm. me, in the first round, it's tight. It's hard for yeah. me. Yeah. It's hard for me to kind of say I'm going to go that that route in the first round, even well, though I can acknowledge that he's a really good player. Yeah, he was 233 pounds coming out. So I think he was a little bit taller. I think he was right at six feet. But um, – so similar similar weight and stuff, and I think it's just teams are looking for a little different, you know, profile now than than uh, than maybe back then. I think he's going to be a really good player. I do think though there's probably a greater discrepancy from where I have him rated to where he goes than any other player. Like he's my, he's like right around my top ten. Maybe he drops back a little bit, but he's probably he's going to end up in my top fifteen players. Mm-hmm. He might go in the late twenties. Like there's going to be a bigger gap for where I have him to how far back he goes, in my opinion. Yeah, just because the prototypes will get him 
yeah. in these meetings with teams when we start talking about prototypes and size and 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 those things. And remember, when we talk about the draft, a little bit of it is the beauty pageant part of it. Yeah. You know, like the guy comes in, uh, it's different. Good player, but these other guys having size and those things, it'd be different. And when you get to the point of, hey, Nicobe Dean, or I can get a defensive lineman and come back and get Anderson later, or Chad Muma, or, or somebody mm-hmm. else. Like when we talk about the the pairings that we like to play on the yeah. show, yeah, like that option A also, and option B. It also factors hey, which showroom showcase do I want to go home with? Yep, <laughs> like th- that. Some of that also will factor into the equation. All right, let's uh, let's get to cor- corners and safeties here. And then we're out of here. I know we've gone long, but this is uh, it's been fun to recap everything here. S- Sauce, I'm so mad at myself, Buck, because first of all, I'm glad I had him as my fourth player coming to the process because he he delivered. But I'm mad at myself because I think it was Rich Samini uh, who covers the uh, who covers the Jets who had tweeted this out. Never put it together. Sauce Gardner, you've got four New York teams or four four picks in the top ten for New York teams. Applesauce. The big uh, applesauce. How did I not think of that? How did I not? I'm so mad at myself for not having come up with that. Uh, uh, that's a good one. That he's legit, really bro. One. Like he's the tape again. Tape's really good. Comes in at almost 6'3", 190 pounds. Runs 4'4", 33 and a half inch arms, 79 plus wingspan, and he was fluid going through all the drills. I mean, he's to me it was pretty clear cut coming into the process. For me, that he was the top dude. I don't. You don't. It's hard to find guys like this, man. Hard to find guys like that. And I don't know if you put those comparisons up there. Uh, Well, Carl Marty. Yeah. 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 That was my comp. And I think the I think Cromarty on the good because the difference was Cromarty didn't play his final season at Florida State. Yeah. Sauce Gardner, we got a chance to see it. Cromarty comes into the league and is just a freak show as an athlete and player. He does it differently because down in San Diego, he was. the Pro Bowl player as a rookie. Oh, yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. As a rookie, like, and he was playing off. He mm-hmm. wasn't playing and doing all that press initially because Ron Rivera was the D coordinator. He then goes and does the other stuff where he's pressing and doing stuff. When I'm looking at Sauce, Sauce is nasty and tenacious, um, terrific length, does a great job of locking up and doing press, man, but also can play off. And I, I talked to him. I said, dude, the tackling to me is what made your game pop off mm-hmm. tape i said where's that come from he's like man it's always been about being aggressive and a mindset and mentality and he talked about wanting to model and emulate the guys like Jalen ramsey and those guys dj i don't know if you had a chance to talk to him but after talking to him on and off there i am convinced like yeah check he's good to yeah. go like yeah. he is good to go i'm not worried about him he, he just talked about all of that other stuff and he has the confidence and swag that i desire while also having the maturity doesn't drink, age. doesn't drink, doesn't smoke. Devout, like just very mature. Like he talked about like um, partially why he emulated Jalen because of their walk and their journey or whatever. And I was like, okay, I dig that. Like he just, just really, you know how this is, GJ. Part of it is like we're trying not to miss. Mm-hmm. And when the guy exhibits certain character things that you're like, man, he's going to be, he's going to be so good regardless of where he goes. Like he is, yeah, man, he's one of my favorites and I, and I like him. Uh, another guy that I want to talk about because the buzz, I felt like I was kind of putting myself out there when I went with Andrew Booth. I had him right behind Sauce. Yeah, yeah. The conversations that I had with people, man, there are people that absolutely, DB coaches that absolutely love Booth. And the mm-hmm. reason why they love him is because of his 
technical diversity. They were talking about man zone and those things. He can do a lot in the conversation that I had. A lot of people, it was like the same one that I had with Greg Newsom last year from Northwestern in terms of scheme friendly. It doesn't matter who he plays for. He's going to be able to kind of play and flourish. He is a guy that I think certainly helped himself. Um, just in talking, the, the interview process, they just said he was just so like on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the um, the big guys that, that created some buzz, Tariq Wollin, 6'4", 205 pounds, ran 4'2", 6", which was crazy. Um, you had, uh, where was the other one here? Uh, McCollum, who was 6'2", 199 pounds, ran 4'3", 3". I actually, I thought he had a better workout. I know Wollin got all the buzz for the 4'2", 6", but I thought McCollum had a better field workout. Uh, and then a couple other names to keep an eye on here that I think you're going to see really, really move up through the process. Um, where is he here? Corner, uh, Cam Taylor Britt. He had a really, really good workout, Buck. Uh, he's an interesting player, man. He's, where is he at on my list here? Yeah, he was, he was 5'10", 5, 5, 196 pounds. He ran 4'3", So, again, senior bowl, solid there. Uh, he's a good player. I got to fix my my list, by the way, because it, for some reason I'm looking through. I'm like, I know I have him rated higher than this. And, and Excel, the sheet has him below some of the other guys. So got to fix that uh, side note. But he's he, he really helped himself with a really good workout. Um, I think it's a solid corner group uh, all the way around. Roger McCreary, I know, you know, ran four or five flat, which to me is fine. He had a clean field workout, really, really smooth, really clean. I know he's not as long as you'd like, but I think he's a day two corner that's plug and play. Yeah, um, you know, you you like those guys who are able to, like, come right in and play them. And it's interesting talking to to coaches about um, cornerback class and the way the game is going and the skill sets that are involved. You need guys that are uh, long but athletic. Like, that's the difference. Before, we used to see a bunch of long guys that weren't fast, and so we talked about zone and and that stuff. But now, DJ, we're talking about these, these guys who are long, but – have great speed, straight line speed, uh, the length that you want. And you have to be able to, to to do that because with a straight line guy, you still can play man-to-man. You can lock up and, and, and do some things. But there's there are ways and there are roles and there are more teams that are looking for kind of like those superheroes that have those abilities. Yeah, all right, let's get through a, a safety or two here uh, that stuck, stood out. Kyle Hamilton, I was a little surprised he didn't run fast. He ran four five nine. Jumps were great. Field workout was outstanding. Again, six four. Uh, 6'4 and an eighth, 220 pounds. Daxon Hill, like we thought, ran 4'3'8. Uh, Lewis Seen had a phenomenal day at 199 pounds, ran 4'3'7. Brisker ran 4'4'9 from, from Penn State. Um, so some some good players there. I would say to me, the uh, the big winner in terms of kind of where you had him, and I like this player. I gave him a, a 61, which is kind of a third, maybe fourth round area traditionally in a draft. JT Woods. Six picks this year, Buck, during the regular season, has a pick in the senior bowl, shows up at 6021195, runs four three six. I've got production speed for days. Oh, by the way, he's tall and long. Tall, long, productive, smart, instinctive. <laughs> All those things. All those things that you like. Uh yeah, DJ is is there. You know, we we talk about the scouting process, and it's not necessarily about unearthing the hidden gems but it's following the breadcrumbs. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just following the breadcrumbs that take you to really good players. And so when players um, 
play really well on tape. You see them in all-star games against high-level competition, and they don't uh, bat an eye. They they r- rise up to the challenge. And then you watch them work out in the combine because all this stuff requires preparation. And you see them knock it out the box. You just feel good about them as pros. Mm-hmm. And now whether we can accurately say what they're going to be, but, man, the process of elimination leads you to these guys. And if you have a board full of those kind of guys, more times than not, you can be very, very successful with your draft class. No doubt. Well, man, I know we went long today. Uh, hopefully you guys have enjoyed it as much as we have. It's been fun just kind of going back through the combine, hit on the Aaron Rodgers stuff up there at the top. Um, but uh, it's been uh, it's been a fun ride in Indianapolis. Looking forward to getting to Las Vegas draft to be here before you know it. In the meantime, we've got the Move the Six TV show, which is now moving to Thursdays. Um, so I believe that's uh, 3 p.m. Eastern. You can find the Move the Six TV show. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. And we'll have some more podcasts coming your way as well. So that's going to do it for us. Appreciate you guys hanging. We'll catch you next time right here on Move the Sticks. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. 
I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 